You're listening to the Stoic Solutions Podcast, Practical Wisdom for Everyday Life. I'm Justin Vakula, and this is episode 51, titled, Is Jordan Peterson a Stoic? Visit my website at stoicsolutionspodcast.com, where you can connect with me on social media and listen to past episodes. Support my work by becoming a donor through Patreon or PayPal to access special rewards, including the ability to have upcoming guests answer your questions, request custom podcast episodes, have group conversations with me and podcast listeners, and one-on-one discussions. Join my new Discord chat server, linked in the show notes, for interactive discussion with me and people interested in Stoicism. Share, comment, like, subscribe, and leave reviews to help support my efforts and keep this project going. Email me with your thoughts, justinvacula at gmail.com. Clinical psychologist and psychology professor Jordan Peterson has had a major impact on public discourse evidenced by his presence in online publications, his extremely popular YouTube channel with almost 1 million subscribers, and acclaim surrounding his new book, 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos, which is currently the number one best-selling book on Amazon. Members of the Stoic Philosophy Facebook group share work from Jordan Peterson, including many of his classroom and public lectures. They're left asking if Jordan Peterson is a Stoic. They identify parallels between the work of Peterson and Stoicism. Fans of Jordan Peterson who are unfamiliar with Stoic philosophy can benefit a great deal from engagement with Stoicism. People find a great deal of inspiration and practical solutions to personal struggles while becoming more familiar with the work of Peterson and engaging with Stoic philosophy. People hunger for a new approach to life, guidelines by which to structure themselves, especially after personal tragedy or stagnation. People are moved by messages of self-improvement and the character building found within Stoic content and Jordan Peterson lectures, which urge that growth, positive change, is possible if a good effort is made. When I use the word Stoic, I reference the practical philosophy of life popularized by ancient thinkers, including Epictetus, Seneca, and Marcus Aurelius. I'll later detail their work. Not a common usage which people might understand as being resolute or stone-faced in the face of challenge. See Jordan Peterson's interview with Kathy Newman, in which he maintains an undaunted disposition. Or a severely misguided interpretation people have of Stoicism, one being detached from positive or negative emotions. It's simply not the case. I don't recall Jordan Peterson mentioning influence from Stoic thinkers or Stoic philosophy in his content, but I see many parallels between his work and central themes in Stoicism. Perhaps Peterson won't identify as a Stoic, but he can surely find himself in general agreement with major Stoic themes and appreciate the philosophical tradition now undergoing a modern rebirth, which resonates with segments of Peterson's audience. Let's explore the parallels and the differences between Stoicism and the work of Jordan Peterson, I'll use examples from Stoic texts and lectures of Peterson in addition to recurring themes in Stoic works and Peterson thoughts to discover the degree of Stoicism within Jordan Peterson. Stoicism challenges us to be accountable, to take responsibility in our lives, so that we can work toward a life of contentment, pursuing virtue, self-improvement, having a proper mindset, and working to rid ourselves of unproductive desires, such as want of fame, wealth, and jealousy, and intense negative emotions, including despair, hatred, and anger, is required for a properly oriented life on the Stoic view. Stoic writers focus on common human concerns which continue to exist in our modern era. See past podcast episodes including number 47, 36, and 31, in which I focus on coping with guilt, negative emotions, and death. 
Applying Stoic wisdom to everyday life can help modern people, as Jordan Peterson would say, rescue their fathers and themselves from the belly of a whale or be reborn like the mythical phoenix. I talk more about being reborn like a phoenix following tragedy in episodes 44 and 22, hold on to a fraction of your sanity and recovering from the past. Peterson urges individuals to be self-reflective and work to fix their lives rather than being resentful, complaining, and being critical of the world while not working to change one's own mindset or improve their condition. This parallel resonates with Stoic writers. Stoic philosophers and Peterson advocate for an attitude of gratitude, appreciating what is going well and not overlooking positive elements of life. They know that complaining, especially about things outside of our control, is largely unhelpful. For Peterson and Stoic writers, instead of complaining, we're to take action to improve ourselves and create order in our lives that can be an antidote or a response to chaos. Similar to Stoic writers, Peterson focuses on finding personal fulfillment in excellence of character and success. But there is divergence in that Peterson, unlike Stoic authors, often focuses on climbing what he calls dominance hierarchies, engaging in competition to rise to the top of a field of focus. Dominance hierarchies are absent from Stoic texts, which mainly focus on character excellence through the virtues of courage, justice, temperance, and wisdom, seeing virtue as the only good or the prime good, doing good for goodness sake, regardless of who might be watching, a reward, reputation, or status. One might ascend to the top of hierarchies through hard effort and achieve mastery by following Stoic wisdom, but this is not the focus for Stoics. Marcus Aurelius, in Book 7 of his Meditations, talks about changing mindset to remove unproductive, negative, inaccurate thoughts so that we can improve our lives. He writes, It is in your power continuously to fan these thoughts into a flame. To recover your life is in your power. We can avoid being moved by the desires as puppets by strings, as Marcus notes in Book 6, by taking action, taking on responsibility, and evaluating our lives so we can improve, to notice our shortcomings and create a plan of action. Epictetus, in Book 4, Chapter 4 of his Discourses, titled To Those Who Have Set Their Hearts on a Quiet Life, urges us not to procrastinate or spend forever preparing to change, but rather to take action, use our time well, and act before it is too late. He writes, Read, hear, prepare yourself. You have had sufficient time for that. Come now to the contest. Show us what you have learned, how you have trained. Taking action to improve our lives, rather than making excuses, blaming others, even if starting with small steps, will offer many benefits and is preferable to misery. In his letter titled On Wisdom and Retirement, Seneca calls for us to recognize our past deficiencies and work to make changes in the present without procrastinating to live a better life. He writes, Let us do what men are wont to do when they are late in setting forth, and wish to make up for lost time by increasing their speed. Let us ply the spur. Our time of life is the best possible for these pursuits, for the period of boiling and foaming is now past. The faults that were uncontrolled in the first fierce heat of youth are now weakened. Further effort is needed to extinguish them. Jordan Peterson, talking about making positive changes in our lives, says, put yourself together, and then maybe if you put yourself together, you know how to do that. You know what's wrong with you, if you'll admit it. You know there's a few things you could polish up a little bit, that you might even be able to manage in your insufficient present condition. Peterson further encourages us to take a self-inventory, similar to the urging of Stoic writers, in order to rid ourselves of vice and personal shortcomings. He notes, 
You also have to allow yourself to shake off those things about you that you might be pathologically attached to, habits and people for that matter, ways of thinking, all of those things. You have to allow yourself to shake those off. You let all that nonsense burn away. Many of Jordan Peterson's lectures focus on the horrors of the 20th century, including genocide and war. Reflecting on experiences in his clinical practice, Peterson discusses suicidal intentions, depression, trauma, drug abuse, and many significant personal challenges people face. Suffering, Peterson notes, reflecting on the human condition, is a necessary part of life. We'll all experience personal challenges, pain, loss of loved ones, and other struggles. Peterson urges us to acknowledge our suffering, work to improve ourselves, help make the world a better place, help others, and not languish in a role as a defeated victim. We can rise above suffering to be heroic, Peterson argues, drawing upon characteristics of role models, fictional and real, and engaging in important personal quests to respond well to suffering. By helping ourselves, we can help others. Stoic authors and Peterson call for acceptance when considering suffering in a life including change, difficult people, tragedy, and death. See episode 17 of my podcast, which explores Stoic ideas on acceptance. Such suffering in life is inevitable and natural given the state of existence, the frailty of the human body, lack of wisdom, and elements of chance, fate, or fortune. Stoic authors and Peterson would agree that we could rise to challenges in life by viewing inevitable adversity as a means to better ourselves, test our resolve, and develop effective means to cope rather than engaging in unproductive thoughts or maladaptive coping skills. We can see, as author Ryan Holiday, echoing themes within Marcus Aurelius' writings, the obstacle is the way, something we can overcome. We should avoid, Stoic writers note, creating problems for ourselves by amplifying our personal struggles or having thoughts impressions, which do not align with reality. With the proper mindset, we can more effectively overcome daily challenges, be more resilient, and find purpose in life. Here, Stoic thought and Peterson's general message greatly overlap. Stoic writers and Peterson urge people to overcome adversity by having a strong mindset, making changes where possible, and being courageous. Seneca, in his letter titled, on the critical condition of Marcellinus, urges us to self-reflect and improve, even amidst what seem to be hopeless situations. Seneca writes, Regulate your character, rouse your courage, and stand firm in the face of things which have terrified you. The ideal Stoic sage, one who has embodied Stoic wisdom to be resolute amidst suffering, might appear, as Seneca writes, unterrified in the midst of dangers, untouched by desires, happy in adversity peaceful amidst the storm. Marcus Aurelius, in Book 7 of his Meditations, writes, The art of life is more like the wrestler's art than the dancer's. In respect of this, that it should stand ready and firm to meet onsets that are sudden and unexpected. Rather than lamenting certain happenings in life, merely complaining, we can work to, as Marcus writes, be like the promontory against that which the waves continually break but it stands firm and tames the fury of the water around it. Marcus encourages an attitude of resilience. Responding to suffering, we ought to, as Marcus says, bear it nobly. Peterson notes, Pick up your damn suffering and bear it and try to be a good person so that you don't make it worse. There's reasons to be resentful about your existence. Everyone you know is going to die. You know you too, and there's going to be a fair bit of pain along the way, and it's going to be unfair. It's like, yeah, no wonder you're resentful. It's like, act it out and see what happens. You make everything you're complaining about infinitely worse. So what do you do in the face of that suffering? 
Try to reduce it. Start with yourself. What good are you? Get yourself together for Christ's sake, so that when your father dies, you're not whining away in a corner, so you can help plan the funeral, and so you can stand up solidly so that people can rely on you. That's better. Don't be a damn victim. Jordan Peterson, reflecting on World War II, notes that many concentration camp guards were, at least at one point, common people like us. Might we, like them, follow orders instead of rebelling, and take part in or directly commit great atrocities given certain pressures? Given a degree of courage, instruction, and commitment, both Stoic thinkers and Peterson believe that we have the capacity to achieve a life of virtue, to strive toward a good life, instead of embodying the darker parts of human nature. Peterson mentions influence from psychologist Carl Jung, our shadow side, the darker parts of our personalities, this potential monster within. If we align ourselves with positive characteristics, following nature, or living in accordance with nature, as Stoic writers mention, we can use our reasoning capacity to have proper judgments about the world and put right principles into action. We can actualize potential and strive toward the highest good, virtue. It's important to recognize our vulnerabilities, our weakness, so that we do not descend into chaos. Peterson, like the Stoics, does not believe that people are unchangeable or that progress is impossible. He aims to help others, educate people about what a good life can look like. He inspires people to make positive changes and helps people set realistic goals in the process of self-improvement. Peterson and Stoic authors note that although change can be difficult and gradual, we should embark on journeys of transformation to better ourselves while being mindful of and avoiding pressures from a society which can lead us astray. In recognizing that people can have the capacity for good and ill action, we can better deal with difficult people, pity them, avoid certain people, and surround ourselves with the best of friends, setting personal boundaries, being careful in our interactions, and carefully evaluating others' character. In Book 3, Chapter 25 of Epictetus's Discourses, titled To Those Who Fail to Achieve Their Purposes, Epictetus notes that good fortune and happiness itself is at stake when considering determination toward progress. It's in our power to improve ourselves, to strive toward good. He writes, Even if we falter for a time, no one prevents us from renewing the contest. In his letter titled On Self-Control, Seneca talks about how people can exercise moderation and orient themselves toward a good life. People might choose to engage in poor behavior rather than making good decisions. He writes of people falling short of the good life. It is because we refuse to believe it in our power. Nay, of a surety, there is something else which plays a part. It is because we are in love with our vices. We uphold them and prefer to make excuses for them rather than shake them off. We mortals have been endowed with sufficient strength by nature. If only we use the strength, if only we concentrate our powers and rouse them all to help us, or at least not to hinder us, the reason is unwillingness, the excuse, inability. Peterson, talking about humans' capacity for wrongdoing, reflecting on people who would think they would have resisted Nazi power if they were present in Germany, notes, if a lot of human beings have done something terrible, you can be sure that being a human being, you're capable of it. Had you been there, the probability that you would have played a role, and that wouldn't have been a positive one, is extraordinarily high. On Peterson's view, we can avoid the darker impulses within human nature by aiming at the highest possible good, as he says. Peterson notes, If you manifest yourself properly in the world, there is no more effective way of operating in the world than to conceptualize the highest good that you can and strive to attain it. 
there's no more practical pathway to the kind of success that you could have if you actually knew what that success was. Jordan Peterson, in addition to receiving praise, has been vilified in popular media, particularly following his opposition to Canadian Bill C-16 concerning what he dubbed government-compelled speech in regards to gender pronouns, criticism of modern feminist positions, and opposition to what he calls neo-Marxist postmodern leftists, identity politics, and political correctness. Peterson spends a considerable amount of time constructing arguments, supplementing his skepticism, and notes the danger of popular opinion which can lead people astray from reason. Peterson diverges from Stoic writers when engaging in name-calling or ascribing ill motives towards the group of people he disagrees with. For example, Peterson has noted that left-leaning individuals are not well-intentioned and that they want to destroy society, perhaps in a self-admitted state of anger. Peterson notes, anyway, that he has struggled with anger. Perhaps he's being quick to judge, and considering the most extreme examples of certain groups, Peterson falters. Peterson also castigated individuals branding themselves as MGTOW, or men going their own way, MGTOW, those who have decided to walk away from marriage, cohabitation, and traditional relationships with women, noting laws they see as heavily biased against men, unfair legal systems in the Western world. MGTOW talk about men finding their own purpose in life apart from getting married, having children, and sacrificing their own wants and needs for the benefit of women in a society they see as gynocentric, focused on women. Like Peterson, MGTOW question, common opinion. Peterson called MGTOW pathetic weasels and seemed to shame MGTOW, noting, Maybe if you made the right sacrifices, you wouldn't have so much trouble with women. It's not the women, it's you. Later, Peterson said he was too dismissive of MGTOW, noting agreement with their arguments against laws in the West, but then talked about MGTOW being pernicious, consisting of bitter and resentful young men who are looking for a rationale to write off all women because of rejection they faced. Peterson, though, he mentions clients in his clinical practice who have experienced ruin following divorce and said of MGTOW, they have a point. The court systems are staggeringly anti-male, absurdly, horribly anti-male. Can Peterson have more compassion for men who have gone their own way and better understand their perspectives? Stoic authors call for a less judgmental approach than one Peterson deployed when talking about MGTOW. A more stoic response would be to refrain from name-calling and simply responding to ideas. Peterson could engage more with MGTOW, listening to, for example, content creators Sunrise Hoodie and Human to get a better idea of the community and ideas he is dismissing. Even better, finding solutions to injustice, particularly relating to law or warning people about dangers they could face, further dissuading them from engaging in risky situations like marriage, would be optimal. After all, one of the cardinal Stoic virtues is justice. Peterson, a married man with children who seems to have a successful, fulfilling relationship and family, may be quick to write off perspectives of MGTOW, who instead see relationships and marriage in current society as a significant threat to personal fulfillment. Stoic authors, after all, encourage us to challenge our impressions, the way we view reality, to have an attitude of humility and open-mindedness. Stoic writers and Peterson remind us that what is popular is not always right. I talk about Stoic perspectives on the dangers of prioritizing popular approval in episode 40 of my podcast. Should we prioritize the wrong things, not have proper aims in life, we are more prone to squander our time, compromise our character, be taken advantage of by others, harm others, have distorted beliefs and desires in the wrong place. 
Without a solid foundation from which to draw, perhaps just doing what feels good, or mindlessly mimicking others, we can find ourselves unfulfilled and without direction. We might fail to, as Peterson encourages, speak the truth and not voice disagreement, or even question commonly held beliefs because of potential social consequences. Peterson believes that not speaking out carries its own risks. We might be complicit in a lie and compromise our own standards. Speaking the truth, questioning popular opinion, can be liberating and lead to social good, although there may be initial or ongoing discomfort. However, as Stoic writers note, we're to carefully pick our battles, be prudent, and not chiefly concerned with approval from others or appearing to be agreeable. Seneca's letter on crowds talks about the dangers of engagement with the masses. He writes, To consort with the crowd is harmful. There is no person who does not make some vice attractive to us, or stamp it upon us, or taint us unconsciously therewith. Certainly, the greater the mob with which we mingle, the greater the danger. You should not copy the bad because they are many. On the topic of conforming merely to fit in, to gain the approval of others, especially when we act unvirtuously, Seneca urges us to scorn the pleasure which comes from the applause of the majority. In Book 4, Chapter 8 of his Discourses, Epictetus quotes a philosopher who says, I knew that what I did rightly, I did for my own sake and not for the spectators. Seneca also urges us to be our own spectators and seek our own applause in his letter on the healing power of the mind. Stoic authors, like Peterson, also rail against vice, advocate for moderation in life, urge us to question our desires, not look for happiness in external things, and identify that which we should avoid, take a careful inventory of ourselves, our desires, our values. Peterson and Stoic authors do not see happiness as a hedonistic pursuit. They warn of the dangers which can come about in being overly focused on wealth, approval, and material goods. We can see that although Jordan Peterson does not consider himself a Stoic or mention Stoicism as an inspiration, there are many parallels between messages from Stoic thinkers and Jordan Peterson relating to getting one's life in order, prevailing amid suffering, the capacity for people to strive toward the good, and questioning public opinion. Surely, fans of Jordan Peterson's work, and even Peterson himself, could benefit from study and application of Stoic philosophy. I welcome feedback from fans and critics of Jordan Peterson. Perhaps, too, he would be willing to engage with the Stoic community and appear on an episode of my podcast. That's all for now. Much more discussion could be had on this topic. I've gone more than the usual 10 to 15 minutes extra for this topic. I'd like to limit, though, the time of this reflection and save more thoughts for future releases. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more content. Visit my website at stoicsolutionspodcast.com, where you can connect with me on social media and listen to past episodes. Support my work by becoming a donor through Patreon or PayPal to access special rewards, including the ability to have upcoming guests answer your questions, request custom podcast episodes, have group conversations with me and podcast listeners, and one-on-one discussions. Join my new Discord chat server, linked in the show notes, for interactive discussion with me and others interested in Stoicism. Share, comment, like, subscribe, and leave reviews to help support my efforts and keep this project going. Email me with your thoughts, justinfacula at gmail.com. Podcast music, used with permission, is brought to you by Phil Giordana's symphonic metal group, Fairyland. 
The song titled Master of the Waves is from their album Score to New Beginning. Find more information in the show notes.